Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, a teen is accused of threatening to kill President Biden after ramming a 26-foot truck into a White House barricade. Here are tonight's headlines. The new details about the 19-year-old who flew from St. Louis to the nation's capital, accused of crashing a rented box truck and carrying a Nazi flag. A twist in the 2024 race for president, how Florida Governor Ron DeSantis will announce his bid for the Republican nomination. We're now one day closer to the deadline with no agreement to stave off a default. The speaker and the president vowed to talk every day until they get a deal, but there aren't that many days left. We owe more money than our entire economy is. Social media and America's children. The new warning tonight from the Surgeon General. What parents need to know. We're living through a youth mental health crisis in our country. The CBS News investigation has found evidence of mass murder by a Russian mercenary army that's responsible for some of the bloodiest fighting in Ukraine. A shark attack on the shore sends a teenage surfer to the hospital. I'm just in shock. I just thought that was something that would never happen to me. Attention, Netflix users. The days of sharing passwords are over. But how much will it cost you? Let's get to work. How a child of Hmong refugees overcame the odds to become Oakland's new mayor. What message do you hope that people take away from your story? Hope is everything.
Good evening and thank you for joining us on this Tuesday night. We want to begin tonight with a security threat near the White House when a Missouri man attempted to drive a rented box truck into a barricade last night. According to court documents, the suspect told Secret Service agents that he planned the attack for six months with the intention of taking control of the White House and killing the president or anyone else that got in his way. The 19-year-old from the St. Louis suburb of Chesterfield appeared in court this afternoon on one federal charge. The White House says the president was briefed this morning on the situation by the U.S. Secret Service and the Park Police. The arrest comes as threats against lawmakers have surged in recent years. CBS's Jeff Begay is going to start us off tonight from the scene just outside the White House. Good evening, Jeff. Or there is an unexpected sight for tourists near the White House tonight, and that is last night's crime scene. That U-Haul truck hit that barricade with such force that several pedestrians had to jump out of the way. Investigators believe the suspect intentionally crashed the 26-foot rental truck into the barricade at Lafayette Park shortly before 10 p.m., about 100 yards from the White House fence. Behind the wheel, authorities say, was 19-year-old Cy Varsith Kandala. Court documents reveal that he told Secret Service agents that he flew one way into Washington, D.C. from St. Louis Monday night rented the truck at Dulles International Airport and drove directly to the White House. Kangela stated that his goal was to get to the White House, seize power, and be put in charge of the nation, and would kill the president if that's what I have to do. The suspect was carrying this Nazi flag and when asked, expressed admiration for Hitler. A.T. Smith is a former deputy director of the United States Secret Service. How often does the Secret Service investigate threats to the White House? Jeff, there are threats made against the White House and the protectees every day. The numbers tend to go up early in an administration and then they wane toward the end. Threats against members of Congress have surged in the last six years. Just last week, a man attacked staffers at Congressman Jerry Connolly's office. Last fall, a man broke into Nancy Pelosi's San Francisco home and attacked her husband with a hammer. What's going on, man? The attorney for the 19-year-old said today that investigators did not have any evidence that the suspect did what he did intentionally. However, the judge, she disagreed. She saw the video just like everybody else. She saw how that U-Haul truck slammed into the barricade, stopped, backed up, and then hit it again. The suspect is expected to face more federal charges tomorrow. Nora. Jeff Gaze with all that new information. Thank you. Let's turn now to the 2024 presidential campaign. CBS News has learned that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis will officially launch his bid for the White House tomorrow during a live event on Twitter with Elon Musk. CBS's Robert Costa is in Miami with the details. All right, Bob, this is not your typical campaign launch. So why is Governor DeSantis doing this? It is not, Nora. It's a little different. Good to be with you from here in Miami. For Governor DeSantis, this rollout is about more than Elon Musk and his 140 million Twitter followers. It's also about making a political statement. By being alongside Musk, what DeSantis is trying to do is signal, his allies say, that he embraces the controversial CEO's combative politics, especially on cultural issues. And he wants to make a point on a platform famously used by his chief rival. 
former President Donald Trump during his presidency. It's not clear, however, whether Musk will explicitly endorse DeSantis during this event. Meanwhile, a Trump advisor tells CBS News that by going on Twitter for his launch, DeSantis is showing he doesn't want to interact with people. But a DeSantis ally tells us tonight that the governor will hold a formal campaign rally with his supporters in the coming days. Nora. Robert Costa with that new reporting. Thank you. There is breaking news tonight from Texas. At least two people have been killed and seven others injured after severe storms hit the area just north of Houston. There are reports of multiple injuries in Huntsville and widespread damage to homes and businesses after a storm blew through the area. Power lines were knocked down and trees uprooted. A county emergency official couldn't provide details on the extent of the injuries or damage, only saying we're dealing with a lot right now. With summer just around the corner, a number of recent shark encounters along the East Coast are raising concerns about keeping beachgoers safe. CBS's Nikki Batiste reports one of the latest incidents involves a 15-year-old surfer. From a great white in Cape Cod to a bull shark in the Florida Keys, shark sightings and attacks are making beachgoers nervous heading into Memorial Day. In New Jersey, 15-year-old Maggie Drozdowski is on crutches after a shark bit her on the foot and pulled her underwater while surfing on Sunday. I really shook it off as much as I could. It was hard, though. It was heavy, but I shook my foot as hard as I could to get it off. The shark left bite marks on her wetsuit. Just in shock because I feel like I just thought that was something that would never happen to me because I've watched like all the Jaws movies and stuff. I thought of it as like a joke. In Marathon, Florida, a bull shark tore into Kevin Blanco's leg twice while he was spearfishing last week. I've been in the water for a very long time. I've never seen a shark act like this. It was probably around anywhere from 9 to 10 feet, probably around 500 pounds. Just a day later, another shark bit a man on the foot in the Florida Keys. There were 41 unprovoked shark attacks with one fatality in the U.S. last year. But the risk of being attacked by a shark is just one in 11.5 million. The ocean is a wild place. It's not a swimming pool, so remember that. Use common sense. With a rise in shark sightings in New York, Governor Kathy Hochul announced drones and helicopters will monitor Long Island State Park beaches this summer. The New Jersey beach where Drozdowski encountered a shark is still open with no restrictions. To avoid attracting sharks, experts say swimming groups don't wander too far from shore and don't wear shiny jewelry. It could be mistaken for fish scales. Nora? Nikki Matisse, thank you. Now to a story that all parents need to know. The U.S. Surgeon General today issued the first ever public health advisory on the negative effects that social media can have on young people. CBS's Roxana Saberi reports the warning is a call to action to protect the mental health of America's teens. Social media, it's entertaining, and some teens can't get enough. But America's top doctor is sounding the alarm. There is not sufficient evidence for us to conclude that social media is, in fact, sufficiently safe for our kids. Up to 95 percent of 13 to 17-year-olds report using a social media platform, with more than a third saying they use social media almost constantly. The advisory cited a study that found adolescents who spent more than three hours per day on social media face double the risk of poor mental health outcomes, including depression and anxiety. How urgent is it? We have seen an increase in depression, in anxiety, in suicide, 
and loneliness among young people. Uh, there is a full-blown crisis that's taking place in our country right now. Emma Lemke says she got addicted to social media at age 12. Social media companies have made young people feel helpless for years. Now 20, Lemke started the Log Off movement to help teens develop a healthy relationship with social media. Well, I think that young people need to become more mindful of addictive features that are being employed to to keep them on. I always suggest doing a five minute scroll and going through one's feed and stopping at each image and just asking, "How does this make me feel?" Today's advisory also cites a study showing that limiting social media use for older teens to just 30 minutes a day reduced depression. And the advisory suggests that parents restrict the use of devices at bedtime and encourage kids to make friends in person. Nora, good advice, Roxana Saberi. Thank you so much. Tonight's shocking results of an investigation into decades of sexual abuse by Catholic clergymen in Illinois. The state's attorney general Kwame Raoul revealed today that investigators found more than 450 clergy members abused nearly 2,000 children between 1950 and 2019. That is far more than the 103 victims the church had named when the investigation began. Absent their courage and willingness to come forward. And discuss their experience. There would be no true investigative report. Catholic Church officials in Illinois are now vowing to review their policies and make changes. Tonight, the clock is ticking, and there's still no deal on raising the nation's debt limit. White House negotiators were on Capitol Hill today to meet with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy to try to hammer out an agreement that both sides can live with. But what about the American people? CBS's Nicole Killian reports on the biggest sticking points. Nine days from a default deadline, Speaker Kevin McCarthy said he and President Biden are nowhere close to a deal. I still want to spend more money next year than we spent this year. That's a red line. Republicans insist on cutting federal spending from its current levels, saying a White House proposal to freeze spending is not enough. The GOP is also seeking savings from unspent COVID money and tougher work requirements for those on government assistance. What are you willing to give up in this fight? What I'm willing to give up? I passed the bill that raises the debt ceiling. Is the president going to hold fast and firm that he wants to spend more, create more inflation, make us more dependent on China? I don't think so. White House negotiators returned to the Capitol following the president's meeting Monday with the speaker. Either side is going to get exactly what they want. Failure to raise the borrowing limit by June 1st could send the U.S. into recession and risk delaying billions of dollars in federal benefits. What's at stake? What's at stake is the full faith and credit of the United States. It means the loss of over eight million jobs, cuts to our veterans. It could disrupt Social Security payments. These are devastating effects. GOP negotiators say they do take that June 1st deadline seriously. While they are very close on some issues, they concede fundamental differences remain. And as of now, there are no further scheduled meetings with the White House. Nora. Nicole Killian, thank you. 
We turn now to our six-month CBS News investigation into the Russian mercenary force, the Wagner Group. Those private troops under the orders of a Russian oligarch have played a major role in Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine. As CBS's Deborah Pata reports, the Wagner Group is also accused of carrying out atrocities in Africa while expanding the reach of the Kremlin. We do want to warn you that some of these images are disturbing. The killing grounds of Bucha in Ukraine. Potential war crimes committed by the Kremlin's troops, including Russian Wagner mercenaries. The year before, another massacre. Thousands of miles away in the Central African Republic town of Bambari. Here, no prosecutors documenting the mass murder and no one to implicate those mercenaries who prop up CAR's president in exchange for lucrative contracts to mine gold. CBS News spoke to eyewitnesses whose names have all been changed for their protection. CAR refugee Medina fled to Cameroon after Wagner attacked Bambari and seized the family's gold trading business. They were shooting at us from the ground and the sky, she said. So many people died. The bloodbath, her son Usman told us, began shortly before midday prayers. It was total carnage, like Armageddon, he said. They spoke Russian, even Chechen. Authorities claim there was an operation to root out rebels, but some of the dead were found at this local mosque, pockmarked by gunfire. The bodies of more than 100 mostly civilians were counted, including Usman's brother, gunned down while running home to help their sister Alzina. They ordered all the men to step outside our house, Alzina said. Some were arrested, others killed on the spot. Alzina was taken to a Wagner base and raped, we were told. We then had to switch locations for security reasons, where Usman later told us another sister suffered a similar fate. They raped her in our home, he said. It became Wagner's house where they carried out those heinous deeds. It's a lot to carry. Usman weeps frequently during our interviews, asking what his family had ever done to Vladimir Putin. It is an achingly familiar cry here in Ukraine, where a staggering list of tens of thousands of potential Russian and Wagner war crimes just keeps on growing. Wagner responded to our request for comment on the allegations that it was involved in the mass murder of civilians in the Central African Republic by saying our questions were boorish and provocative and that they did not commit these crimes. Nora? Deborah Pata, thank you again for your powerful reporting. An explosion set off a fire today at an oil refinery. We've got those details next. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. 
This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and your tushies do too. That's why Huggies is the number one best-fitting diaper with its curved and stretchy fit and 12-hour protection against leaks. No matter what kind of butt you've got, you'll feel comfy while your baby's mushy little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Get your baby butt in the best-fitting diaper. Huggies Little Movers. We got you, baby. An explosion ignited a fire today in an oil refinery south of Oklahoma City. Two workers were airlifted to a hospital to be treated for burns. Officials say there's no threat to homes or businesses outside of the refinery. The cause of the blast is still under investigation. Tonight, a New York City school bus driver is being called a hero after a massive fire broke out aboard his bus. The driver tells our CBS News State New York station that the engine caught fire as it was driving through Queens while he helped the six young children on board escape. You can see the fire spread to other vehicles on the street, leaving them charred. And remarkably, no one was hurt. The password sharing crackdown on Netflix has been threatening for months. Well, it's now begun. Coming up, we'll tell you what subscribers need to know. Netflix's crackdown on password sharing is now underway in the U.S. The streaming service is alerting subscribers about its new sharing policy, saying accounts are only for users from one household. You can pay an extra $7.99 a month for per person to share your account with someone outside your household. Netflix has been warning about this move since last year when it reported its first subscriber loss in more than a decade. From homelessness to the mayor's office, that inspirational story is next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. History was made this year when Oakland's new mayor was sworn into office. CBS's Nancy Chen has her incredible story of perseverance as we celebrate Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. One of the first things you notice about Shang Tao is her enthusiasm. And the charter of the city of Oakland. <laughs> A swearing-in ceremony she could never have imagined. Congratulations. What were you thinking about? Hmong people flew in from all over the country to join me on Inauguration Day. It was a journey that I took with the whole Hmong community. 
Her family's journey began when her parents fled Laos in 1975. My parents are refugees, and um, all I knew was that we were poor, and it was hard. This graduation photo was taken after Tao escaped an abusive relationship, lived in a car with her young son, and stood in line for free food. You always hear about starving students, but what do people actually do about it? What she did was run for city council. You can't do this work without feeling empathy. And you shouldn't do this work if you don't have that empathy. Today as mayor, the 37-year-old is leading a large and troubled city. Her mission, to make it better for the next generation. That includes her son, Ben. Now 16, he performed at her inauguration. What message do you hope that people take away from your story? Mainly that hope is everything. I mean, look at me. I'm standing up here. Nancy Chen, CBS News. Hope is everything. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.